0: And welcome to the Respect Team podcast. I am Amy Hanna, and I have the privilege of being the director of the Respect Team, a nonprofit organization that speaks to middle school and high school students about the importance of self-respect and respect of others. This podcast is specifically designed for the parents of young adults seeking more support and resources in raising their amazing teens. I have my dear friend with me, Dr. Ron Lewis. Ron is a father, a teacher, and a student of life. He is also a professor, a facilitator, a coach and a nationally recognized keynote speaker. Today we are going to be talking about mindful parenting. Hello Ron and thank you so much for being here today.
1: Amy, hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: So Ron, what is mindful parenting?
1: Well, it to me it stems from now I'm not first disclaimer listeners I'm not the expert at parenting at all. I'm not the expert. I think anytime we're able and blessed to bring little ones in the world, watch them grow up to be teenagers and then adults, it's a blessing. So I'm not I'm not the expert. So I just want to share thoughts as I'm going through my journey, how, where I started, you know, and then obviously why I'm mad with this idea of mindful parenting. I would say roughly around five years ago, I had a dramatic life shift. I got a divorce. And in the midst of getting a divorce, I started to do some reflection, and I instantly gravitated toward this mindfulness idea of considering the other person instead of myself. Now, I probably should have did that before I got a divorce, but I did that after the fact. So then I started thinking about that same idea as it related to my children. I have a son, and I have a daughter. My daughter's 13, and my son is 12. And they were roughly around five or six. And that's a, that's a challenging transition to have your parents split up. But I knew that I wanted them to see my ex-wife and I on a cohesive basis. I wanted them to see us together and, and just do co-parenting, obviously, in, in different residents. So I started this idea of mindful parenting or transitioning this idea of mindfulness into my parenting, meaning that before I make decisions... I'm not thinking about my own ego. I'm not thinking about what my kids should be. I'm helping them to develop who they want to be. And that may clash with some of my ideas. That may clash of what I see for them in the future, but I'm giving them room to explore. I'm giving them room to ask questions. There's, there's not one question my son or my daughter will ask me where I will say, that's not something you should ask. You know, I try to be as authentic as I possibly can. And sometimes they think I'm annoying because I talk too much. I think more often than not, they, they really heed to what I'm saying because they know I'm genuine. I truly care about, I mean, like all parents, but I truly care about how they are growing. So I'm always considering them when I'm making decisions. And even if they challenge me on a decision, they may say, well, why, why are you saying no to this? And I may say, I don't know. I just feel like saying no. They're like, come on, dad, that's not fair. And they're right. That's not fair. That's my ego talking. On some level, that's, that's how I was raised, talking. Uh, more or less giving them an authentic answer. So Sergeant, I want to be authentic. I want to uh, keep them in the front of my mind as I'm making decisions on their behalf. So that's what I would consider mindful parenting.
0: Ron, do you practice mindfulness just yourself? Do you, do you have mindful activities that you do
1: personally? Yeah, that, absolutely. So between meditation, between asking myself tough questions, because meditation is part of it, but it's also considering myself before I consider others. Now, as a parent, this almost seemed like blasphemy, like how would you not consider your kids before yourself? Well, the reason why I consider myself before I consider my kids in certain regards is because if I'm not the best version of myself, I can't be the best parent to my children. So I always want to make sure I'm showing up to them whole and present. And in order to do that, I have to do certain things, whether it's working out, whether it is uh, finishing certain things on my to-do list, whether it's reading. I know I sound like a nerd, but it's true. Like, I just want to show up and be present for my kids wholeheartedly, not just in a physical form, but in a social and emotional form as well. So every day I try to do some type of meditating. I try to make sure I feed my mind, body, and spirit, whether I'm listening to something on the audio or I am reading something. So yes, I'm constantly in a mindful state. And my fiance will tell me that I'm not, but I am.
0: <laughs> she knows best. You know that. She knows right? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh, okay. So you have two kids, yeah. a son and a daughter. So how do you parent both of those children in a similar way, parenting style, but obviously they're two different people. So how do you how do you do that?
1: Well, I think I I really live more in my life. I live by this idea of the platinum rule where I try the golden rule says we treat others, how we want to be treated. And I don't, I don't treat my kids how I want to be treated because they need something completely different than what I need. The platinum rule says I treat people how they want to be treated. So an example is like my son, he, he needs all the daddy time in the world. I mean, he wants to talk to me every minute, hang on me, punch me and all that stuff. And that's fine. But if I, But if I did that same thing to my daughter, she'd be like, dad, what are you doing? Get away from me. Uh, She's 13. She wants to be left in her room. She likes to talk to her friends. And she's comfortable with that. My son loves to have in-depth conversations. My daughter, not so much. She likes to have, maybe I'll say something to her and just let it be and walk away from it. But my son will continuously ask questions. I love them equally, but the way I approach them in trying to cater to their needs and doing things that they need to make them successful, completely different, completely different.
0: Do you think that'll change when your son gets into his teen years?
1: I think so. I, I think parenting is constantly evolving because our children are constantly evolving. So I can't see myself parenting them because my daughter may want to talk to me as she gets older. Fine, great. Not saying that she doesn't want to talk, but she's definitely more talkative maybe to our mom than she is to me. And I'm okay with that. especially since my ex-wife and our divorce, right? So here's another thing I think is so important that has really helped my children not like act out because of our divorce. If my my son or my daughter, either one of them, if they say, dad, I don't want to come over this week or I don't want to come over today. I say, okay, no problem. My ego says you want them at your house, but they're telling me you know what, Dad? For whatever reason, today's not today. Example: We just finished shopping, doing some school shopping, did some school shopping for my son yesterday. Finished it up with my daughter today, and they're supposed to come over on Tuesday. And they said, Dad, we've been in charge for like three days, and I don't want to come over tomorrow. Let's come over on Wednesday. All right. So, how does Wednesday and Thursday sound? Because they are in this. I didn't try to put them in this, right? They, their mom and I, you know, obviously we chose to get a divorce but they they shouldn't feel like they're moving themselves back and forth and running themselves ragged to please my ego or their mom's ego. So we both collectively understand that if they say they want to spend extra time at my house, no problem. They want to spend extra time at their mom's house. No problem. There is never a complaint and there's never any opposition to that because I have to respect and be mindful of their feelings. They're in this. And um, I think it's important that I am more, catering to them on what they want to do than what I think quote unquote should, what they should do or feed my ego of like no you got to see me just as much as you see your mom. it's okay for me it's okay I'm okay with it
0: I think that's such great advice because I'm sure that we have parents who are listening who are in that kind of a situation
1: yeah.
0: and especially as kids get older. They do yeah. start to, well, I have sports this weekend and I ha- I want to see my boyfriend and my boyfriend lives yeah. closer to mom's house than they do to dad's house. And so yes. life transitions that start to happen. And I think I think the fact that you said it's not about your ego and it's not yeah. about your ex-wife's ego. It's about what is best for them.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll just say this like, and like you just said, like life transitions. So here's the biggest transition. Like my daughter has like really good friends and This last week, last week, her friends wanted her to come over. She just got over to my house. Like, Jesus, the ego says, no, you just got over here. The mindfulness in me says, her life doesn't stop because of you. So I said, okay, you want to spend the night at your friends? Go swimming. I have a swimming pool. Not good enough. No problem. You're right. It's your friends. Be with your friends because that's what she needed. So I'm really trying. And that's another thing I... I don't want to belabor this point, but I think it's so important that we, their mom and I are divorced, my ex-wife, we don't stop their transitions of life. We don't stop their growth. If you want to go to your friend's house, but you're supposed to be with me or you're supposed to be with mom, go to your friend's house. Because this is co-parenting at its finest to me that we work together and collaboratively and not compete who's in our children more. And I just think that's so important. And we've done a really good job of making sure that we're co-parenting and not competing.
0: So, Ron, anything else? Parents who are listening, who might who might be struggling, not just with the things that you just talked about, but maybe even about the mindful parenting, or maybe both. Any other tips or suggestions that you might have for them, just to encourage them, because this isn't an easy topic.
1: Yeah. Number one, I want to reiterate: I'm not the expert, so it's, there's probably someone listening that's smarter than me that had an extra education. And- you know again there's no true manual on how to raise my son and my daughter so they are a great combination of their mother and i so i try to be i know i say this i'm killing the world but i'm trying to be mindful of their growth i saw my son july 6 2009 in my mind he was going to be a basketball player and he was going to like dad can i go to the gym with you and and i was going to say yes son i was going to start grooming him to be a basketball player at the age of two, like me, and he would go and play in college. He's only 12, but he's pretty tall. And then my daughter, she was like, Dad, I want to do that, too. And, and then she was going to start playing basketball. And I can tell you, they want nothing to do with basketball. Nothing to do with basketball. Nothing. Like, nothing. If I put it on, they walk away. Like, that's that's how much. So, I would say, I guess my only advice is, if, if there's any advice, Let your children be who they are and work with them as who they are, not who you think they should be. My daughter, I never thought she would even consider playing a sport. And somehow she's gravitated toward volleyball, but my parents never pushed me to play a sport. They let me mold myself into a sport. They let me, even academically, like if my son or daughter, let's just say they don't do well on the test, I don't berate them. Because it's hypocritical of me to berate my son or daughter when I didn't get all A's in school. Failure is the best teacher, not success. So I, they need to fail. If you don't study, you're 13, you're 12 now, you're in middle school. You need to know what that looks like and how that makes you feel. Because after I'm done you know, pu- pushing, as they get older, they need to take ownership. So for me, um, it's not that I, I don't encourage good grades. I do. I'm an educator. But they also have to understand what they need to do to be successful. So I want them to be who they are. I don't want them to ever feel like they have to be something different because of me. If my son says, Dad, I don't want to play a sport, don't play a sport. If my daughter says, Dad, I want to do this, then let's, let's try it. So I just really encourage parents to observe their children, listen to their children. And, on, and the last thing I'll say is trust their children. Our, our babies aren't dumb. They, they know who they are. Sometimes they can't see as far as we can because we have the experience. But sometimes I I have to just say, you know what, I got to trust my daughter. I have to trust that my teachings will pay off, especially when she's with her friends. Not that they're bad friends, but you just never know of the element. So I have to trust my babies.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that. I just had a situation with my youngest, who is a Mm -hmm. teenager, and we Mm -hmm. were at the doctor's office, and the doctor was talking about this medication and all the different side effects and that kind of thing. And then she looked to me, and she said, does that sound okay to you? And I looked to my daughter, and I said, it's your body. Does that Mm -hmm. sound okay to you? And the doctor Mm -hmm. kind of was like, Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if she's ever had a parent look to their teenager and say, yes. but that's your body. If you're okay with the possibility of those side effects, who am I to say? Now, when she yep. was little, that's different, but she's, you know, she's a teenager. She's able yep. to think and process that information that she might not have been able to when she was younger, but at 100%. this point she does. And so that's your yep. body. Are you okay with that? Or are you not okay with that? So I yep. think it's important to give our teenagers that that almost autonomy to make some of those yes. decisions. Some of those decisions, we still need to help them with, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. But some of those decisions, they really can speak for themselves.
1: Yeah, like, that, and that's the great word, like a limited autonomy. That may be a contradiction, but it, it's, it's enough for you to explore. And I feel like sometimes, like I'm a parent for sure, like I'm literally dictating, you're going to do this, right? But then at times, most of my time, I'm coaching. I'm in the background, like, what do you think? As a professor, some of our students don't think. I want my kids to be aware. I want them to think. And if they can't think for themselves while they're just in the house with me, what are they going to do in the real world? So like a great example is like you, like I just want them to think. You got the information. You process it. What do you think now? And if you say yes, I'm here. If you say no, I'm here. Either way, I'm here. So I just, I really just want my babies to be aware. I keep calling them my babies; they hate that, but that's okay. But uh, they're I just gonna want be them... your
0: babies for a long they're time. My you let, you let them, them be your babies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be my babies. But uh, I just want them to think. I want them to trust themselves. And I think one way to do that is just being more mindful of myself. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Parents, if we're wrong, we need to apologize. The old adage of uh, "I'm the parent," I, I just don't believe in that whatsoever because we're wrong at times. If we say something wrong to our son or daughters or to our children, we need to apologize. We don't. We shouldn't just say, "Well, I'm the I'm the dad. I'm the mom." I don't believe in that. I believe as a parent, I've been bestowed by our great Creator to create a partnership with my kids, not a dictatorship. Nobody likes to be dictated to, so I want to create a partnership. And sometimes our partnership doesn't go the way I think it should go. But to my children, they think it's the same way. Like, yeah, I didn't like that. And my son especially would tell me, "I didn't like when you said that." All right, man, I apologize. I shouldn't have said it that way. Same thing with my daughter. So I just really want to treat it not as a dictator, but as a partnership and as a collaborator with my children.
0: I think that's a perfect way to sum this up, that it's not a dictatorship. It is a partnership. Mindful parenting starts with mindfulness for yourself, know how to take care of yourself, and then you are better able to be a mindful parent as well. 100%. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we want to thank each of you for listening to this episode of the Respect Team podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it and that it provided the support that you need. As always, we encourage you to go to our website at respectteam.com to check out our blog, our upcoming events, or just to connect with us. If there is a topic that you would like for us to cover, please send your ideas to info at respectteam.com. And to all of our listeners, we want to remind you to respect yourself, respect others, and respect all all.